Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is La Alva, and I am an extreme extrovert. I learned something interesting today. As some people might know about um, PAWS, pause syndrome. There's a lot of things you can look up online about pause, and you might say, what is that? Um, Some people call it post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Some people call it uh, post-withdrawal syndrome. Um, My favorite quote that I found on um, hazeldenbetty4.com. I know it's a .com. Um, But, you know, don't hate me here. (laughs) Um, But hazeldenbetty4.com, they have a little section that says pause occurs as the brain recalibrates after active addiction and I do like that definition because um I feel like it's true when you um detox from a substance for a long time and I think that's where withdrawals really start to happen is when you, you know, fall into these, um, withdrawals, you know, and withdrawals, um, I'm not gonna lie, I can feel them, um, you just get really moody, you get really, like, irritated, um, sometimes you just, you know, can't pay attention most of the time, or, you know, your mind kind of wanders, this sounds kind of normal. (laughs) for some people, but um, at the same time, it's not normal for everybody, and your body kind of reacts in different ways. Like, for me, I always thought that I was kind of like a social person, very, you know, easygoing, um, rarely have much anxiety or panic attacks ever, and since going to rehab, I've noticed that I kind of have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety about things. I have a lot of um, thoughts and I don't know. Urges, I guess. But they're not physical urges. They're not physical things like I crave the substance for the taste. It's more of like an emotional urge. Um, the other day, a bunch of my friends went out. And, um, you know, they had drinks and some food and stuff. And that's fine. I think that's totally awesome. You know, if you can do that with your friends, cool. And since I was in rehab, I just felt very left out. And I just was like, physically, I don't even give a crap about the alcohol, really. I really don't. I could care less. But the thing that I do crave is the same social interactions that I've had. And, um, or, you know, even the craving of going to your favorite club. But the thing is, I know better. If I don't want to drink, going to my favorite club is going to make me drink. Obviously, I want to do that if I go there. (laughs) Why the hell are you going to buy an Uber to a club and sit around and not have fun? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a trigger (laughs) for anybody. Kudos to you if you have more willpower than me, but I don't know. It's just been very interesting. Um, 
And one thing that I kind of liked about um, talking to, you know, other peers in my group about this topic was like, what did we genuinely feel about it? And I genuinely felt that pause is almost like the the realization that you don't need a substance to to process emotions and problems and other discomforts discomfort is the main word here discomfort i feel like most addicts addicts or people that drink or whatever not even drink. Maybe they might uh, do something else. Maybe they like to binge eat. Maybe they like to eat. And, um, you know, maybe they eat too much. Maybe they like to drink too much. Maybe they like math. Maybe they like something else. Maybe they like sex. Maybe they like video games. And I think an addiction becomes a problem when it affects your life. And the reason why it affects your life is because... You're stuck in the addiction brain. And I think everyone has that in their brain. And I think for addicts, it's just more easier to fall into that brain. That section of your brain where you're like, I just want an easy fix. Um, I'm feeling uncomfortable (laughs) in one way. Whether you're feeling uncomfortably happy, uncomfortably sad, uncomfortably mad. Like... Anything in regards to discomfort. Maybe someone died. Maybe you are alone. Maybe you lost something. Maybe you gained something with too much responsibility. Maybe you're moving too fast. Whatever it is, you know? And instead of taking on the challenge, and instead of looking at it and being like, hey, you know, I can do this. I feel like... When you're stuck in the addict's brain, you're just like feeling all of your emotions. Every emotion that you have, whether it's sadness or anger or whatever, and you're just dwelling on that emotion. And how do you get rid of something that is dwelling, that has been hurting, that has been pasteurizing at you for so long? How do you get rid of that? Maybe you can't. Maybe it's impossible. Maybe you have to deal with it. You know? And I think through this um, post-acute withdrawal syndrome discussion that I had with my, you know, my group today, I just kind of looked at it in a way of being like, hey, there are these underlying factors of your life that are not okay. And using a substance is making it the easy way out. But it's not the easy way out. Life is not easy. It's never easy. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have to work in your favor. One thing that I thought was also very interesting is sobriety works in waves. Sometimes 
you know, we're sober, 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 and we're happy, 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 and we're progressive. When I say progressive, you know, I don't want you to think of, like, you know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the political attributes of progression. I, I mean, like, self-care, self-growth, self-awareness. You know, you progress in that way where you're just always, like, trying to be more aware of yourself and better for yourself. You know what I mean? You're always just striving to do better. And when you're stuck in addiction, you don't really think that anything will get better. And honestly, life is fascinating. Sometimes we put ourselves in a situation where we are we know we're going to fail and we bound, we're bound to fail. And I don't know why me myself sometimes I do this to myself. Sometimes I know that I will not be successful in something and I'm like, fuck it, maybe I'll try. I don't know why. I won't even closely be qualified. And it's weird. It's weird how we don't stop and look at ourselves truly. If we stop and look at ourselves truly and look at yourself and what you can offer, forget about all those other things that other people are telling you to do. And it's hard to do because most of our lives we've grown up and your mother tells you what to do. Your mo- your father tells you what to do. Your grandma tells you what to do. Your sister tells you what to do. Your teacher will tell you what to do. Your boss will tell you what to do. God will tell you what to do. Your religion will tell you what to do. Your doctor will tell you what to do. Your morals will tell you what to do. Everyone will tell you what to do. So what? What ideas are actually yours? I don't know. But... One thing I know for sure is if you take this moment and think, if you have a little bit of time today, just take a few deep breaths and think, what is it that I have? And be realistic. One thing that I've learned in recovery so far is Goals have to be realistic. If your goals are not realistic, you will fail. But that does not mean that you cannot push yourself. That does not mean to play it safe. If you want to work hard and get a degree, awesome. But be realistic. How are you going to be a doctor if you have no idea to be a doctor? You can't be a doctor overnight. You know, you can't be a famous YouTuber overnight. You have to know these things. You have to be aware of these things. You have to be knowledgeable of these things. Being sober, I'm not going to do it overnight. Being aware of the clean mind that I have and the sober mind and even the addiction mind that I have in my brain being aware of those things allow me to work with my strengths a lot better 
than pushing them aside. Being an addict doesn't have to be a bad thing. So going back, think about what do you have? What do you have that is strong, that is powerful, that is positive? It might not be money. It might not be knowledge either. It might not even be anything that anyone would ever think like, hey, this is a preferable trait. <laughs> this is, you know, this is, might not even be something that others might be proud of. What if it's like you're the best player at Uno? If that truly makes you proud, awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just fascinating to me to know that everyone has something that they're at least proud of or at least aware of that they are capable of doing. And I think when we grow older and when life happens, (laughs) when we become adults, a lot of this feeling of capability and wonder kind of gets lost a little bit. I almost feel sometimes like a child when I go into recovery and really deep, deeply dig up, like, about my past. Some emotions I forgot that I haven't even felt about certain things. Because they were so long time ago. And it's interesting because I'm not the kind of person that likes to dwell on the past. I am not the kind of person that likes to be stuck in the past. But my body, there are some parts of my body that have imprinted the past. The past is good, but it also can be bad. It's good for survival because when you experience something, your body makes an imprint, a physical imprint. It's like when you do gymnastics, when you do a backflip, you know, how do you, how do you know that your legs are going to land on the ground? Your mind might not know why, but your body sure does. Your body has remembered and your body has done it over and over. And there becomes a time where when you first were practicing your backflip, you were second-guessing yourself. But eventually, if you go and do that backflip, you don't even have to think. Because your body has it under control. But that also goes with trauma. And that also goes with abuse and addiction as well. So when our bodies... Are recover or when yeah when our bodies are recovering. Sometimes it's kind of confusing because alcohol for me was always a safety blanket. It protected me. It made me feel capable and strong.
And is it that substance that's making me strong? Maybe, mentally. But I'm capable of being strong as well. I used to be like the kind of person that would always go on the dance floor and dance regardless if people were watching or not. I always wanted to break the silence. I was always that kind of person when I was out drinking. Sure, I needed a little bit of liquid courage, but that was still me. That is still me. Regardless, I don't need anything to be capable of doing the things that I want to do. And I think it's a lot easier said than done because all our lives, like I have mentioned before, we're always being told of what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Obviously, don't be a criminal. Don't go around and be killing people. Like That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, like... You know, be artistic, be adventurous, stuff like that. And I think alcohol just really started to get prominent in my life when I let other ideals rob me from my life. Unrealistic ideals of what I should be doing in the world. I didn't really look inside and say, hey, what do I want to do? You know what I mean? But this is just my opinion. I'm, you know, other people might have other opinions about this, and that's fine. I think it would be, I don't know, I think it would be a good discussion. And I'm interested to see what other people think about this. So, with that, I will end the podcast for today. But I do want to say that I hope that everyone had a great holiday. And if you didn't have a great holiday, it's okay, because most of us, I feel like, had a pretty quiet holiday this year. With COVID and maybe not seeing all the family members you wanted to see. Maybe being a little far from your home. But holidays can be good, too. Because even if you're not a religious or holiday person... It might have still done you some benefit. Maybe you got paid more today. Or that day. Or maybe you got the day off. And got to do something fun. Whatever you ended up doing, I hope that it was okay. And when the new year comes, whatever you decide to do, whether you decide to get trashed, (laughs) which I can't judge, can't judge you. 
or if you decide to stay home, you know, or if you decide to stay home with your family, or maybe you have to work, maybe you're the bartender, maybe you are the security guard, whatever you need to do, I hope that you have a great, great New Year's, and have the safest, safest, safest of travels.